Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. My name is Tim Price, and today I want to ask a question to you as the leader. Can a worship team make a name for itself? This isn't a trick question, but just a way to reflect on what our purpose truly is. And for this short episode, I want to talk about what it means to be a sacrificial worship team. And before we get there, I want to invite you to do a couple things. One is, thank you so much for listening. I want to invite you to be a part of our Facebook group, which is Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast, or our Facebook community, Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast. Also, um, just add the word community, and you can ask to join. The second thing is, on our website at worshipleadertoolbox.com, I want to invite you to download the free resource, the 10-point checklist for worship leaders. You can find that easily on the website, and we would love to allow that to be helpful to you. My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode. All right, we want to be aware of the ways that we see ourselves defining success for our team. And most often lately, I've noticed this coming down to how we describe our worship team to others. Too often, we just describe it by the music groups that we emulate, the style and the music and the equipment, the way that our service flows or is, the production mindset. And really often in formal conversations, in informal conversations, Modern worship has almost been demoted to the songs we're currently leading and by which groups. In some ways, it's almost gotten to the point that if we're not doing new songs and the most modern, up-to-date songs, that our group isn't really spiritual enough or growing enough or helping the church to engage enough. And of course, we want to be excellent and we want to stick with the times and we want to learn new music because it is an indication of God's spirit at work. But we also never want to lose the priority, the top priority of genuinely and humbly lifting up the name of Jesus. And this takes building a culture of being a sacrificial worship team. That's why I asked the question, can a worship team make a name for itself? If our main goal is to lift up Jesus, then the only reason people should know us is because we are accomplishing that goal. In the Old Testament, God appointed worship leaders for his people. And yes, they were given charge over the tabernacle, the music, making music during all the festivals and, and opportunities to gather. And the Bible even talks about making music during the morning and the night during prayer times. But that worship ministry was also given role of the sacrifice. And the sacrifice, if you recall any of the Old Testament passages, was not easy work. It was detailed. It was messy. It was ongoing. It was relentless. It was on behalf of the people, and it was definitely hard work. And I want us to think about the fact that our worship team is more like a sacrificial worship team, a team designed to be used up, our gifts to be invested in fulfilling the purpose to glorify the name of Jesus and to lead others in the same. It's not going to be easy work. It's going to be a little bit messy. 
It's going to be ongoing. It's going to be on behalf of the people. And it's going to be relentless. Every seven days or so, it's going to be hard work. So here are eight possibilities that I want to share with you about being a sacrificial worship team. Number one, we want to sing the songs of the people. A worship team isn't meant to be a showcase. Its function is to serve by leading the congregation in worship. We want people to be singing. And we want to sing songs that resonate with people so that it's easy for them to sing. New songs are good, like I've already mentioned, but don't forget some sort of ratio that the worship band hears and plays the songs 10 to 12 more times than the congregation's one time of engaging with it. It's really easy for us to get tired of a song, but it's going to take a long time for the congregation to become deeply connected to the song. It takes a really long time for it to become old and stale. And we definitely want to make sure that we are taking the old and stale songs and setting them aside for another season. But until then, we want to make sure that we are willing to sing the songs that the people will sing. The second thing is, is that we want to step down to the stage. One time I wrote a blog post about stepping down to serve. It's not about prestige and power, but about the humility of using your gifts and helping to strengthen the church through worship and connecting with God during those times. We don't want to think of the stage as a platform or as a promotion. When we are stepping onto the stage, we're literally stepping down into a servant role. And of course, we're called to it and we're thankful for it and we're joy-filled in being a part of it. But we don't want to assume that we have risen to some level. We are literally stooping to serve the church as we help them worship. It's more about providing your gifts and your heart to be modeled and used by God's presence in worship. Next thing is we want to do the small things well. And when it comes to worship, and especially in the Old Testament, you get a sense that God is a God of details. The tiniest colors, measurements, and styles of the way he designed the tabernacle in the Old Testament is really mind-blowing. It almost is amazing that people are even able to pull that off. And I realize that some people are just not wired for details as much as other people. But I also know and have learned from experience that it's the job of every worship leader to see that the small things are covered and covered well. The next one is that we need to insert ourselves. Humility really can be defined as inserting our God-given gifts. The Bible speaks about how Jesus went humbly to the cross, and we really should have that same attitude, not seeking the power and prestige, but to submit, using our gifts for the ministry work of the church. And that inserting ourselves is really part of this idea of being a sacrificial worship ministry. It plays out in a lot of ways in terms of our gifts and using our gifts, and it plays out in how we actually put out the ending result. That if the music is too loud and it's so loud that it's overpowering the church, well, then we have to take a step back and as a sacrificial worship team say, here's our goal. We're using our gifts. We're inserting ourselves. We're playing the music, but we have to make it what the people need. All right, let's move on to the next one. Invest your time well. We must be good stewards of our time and time of those whom we lead. This means really solid preparation for rehearsals, time spent in prayer, and time spent listening and engaging with the worship services. And if I could stop here just for a moment with 
investing our time well. If we aren't prepared well for rehearsals, and you can look back at other podcast episodes to see a little bit of this and, and hear a little bit about it, but when we are using up 10 minutes to deal with a wrong chord or a, a misplaced setup or some kind of issue that wasn't taken care of in personal rehearsal, then we're not just wasting 10 minutes. We're wasting 10 minutes times seven people on our team. We've just wasted 70 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes of people's lives and time spent doing something that could have been taken care of beforehand. Also, in terms of investing our time well, we need to make sure that we're praying. As we are praying as a team, God is at work behind the scenes, and we need to make sure that we're investing those times in opening our lives to Him. And then the last thing is, is that when the worship team is a sacrificial worship team, they are part of the church. They're not the elite. They're not special. They're not a different case. Just like everyone else, we participate in worship. We might be there for rehearsals and prep and all those things, but when it comes down to it, we lead the congregation while we're leading, we are worshiping. And after we are done with the music part of worship, we also engage in the rest of worship, the message and the other components so that we are able to be fully part of the church. All right, here's the next one. Honoring our pastors and leaders. Jesus really is the ultimate worship leader. And the pastor is the one who is led to lead the church. The pastor is called, appointed, placed, whatever the word is in your denomination. The pastor is really the lead worship person in the church. And so you're on board to support the work of the pastor and the church leaders. And we must honor that. We must honor the pastor that we're serving with. And of course, that doesn't mean that we don't collaborate and plan together and challenge each other and be frank about what needs to be frank during the week. But we also need to know that someone has to be the leader. There has to be someone named as the leader. Part of being a sacrificial worship team means that you as the leader are building a culture that we are all serving together, but that we're in a second chair in a lot of ways, in terms of leading and in terms of structure of the church. Be comfortable with that. Be confident in that and lead from where you are. All right, moving on down the list, and I want to just remind you that you can access this list at the blog, worshipleadertoolbox.com. And before we finish this up, let's take this brief commercial break. Okay, so here we are with this list of ideas for considering how we might become more of a sacrificial worship team. We sing the songs that the people need us to sing. We're not there to showcase our abilities or our newest song. Second, we step down to the stage, taking on a posture of a servant as we humbly serve and lead the church. We do small things well because God is a God of details. We figure out a way, no matter what our giftedness, to make sure they're covered. We insert ourselves, just as Jesus did, willing to use our gifts for the ministry. We invest our time well for rehearsals, for prayer, and for being involved with the worship service as a whole especially after our music portion of worship is finished. We honor our pastors and leaders. And here's the last two. Sacrificial worship teams clean and serve and do the unnoticed stuff. Nothing is beneath the sacrificial worship team. 
We pick up trash. We get the coffee cups off the stage. We help setting up chairs. We play the music a little softer if needed. We serve in roles that support the team but aren't necessarily on the stage. And we are part of a culture of a worship team that is a servant and has a servant's heart. And as a result, I think most worship teams know this. I love the phrase philo, first in, last out. That's part of doing the unnoticed stuff. When we're the first one to the church building on the morning of worship, we unlock, we set up, we turn things on, we make sure things are good. We work hard for the sound check and the rehearsal and the lyrics and the graphics and the flow. And most people don't even realize the level of intensity that goes into that. But then that same team, after being a part of worship, is the last out. After packing up and putting away batteries and putting away this and keeping track of those things, talking to people a little bit, debriefing a little bit to fix things for next time around, and finally, we head home. And most people don't realize the amount of time at the end. But as a sacrificial worship team, we are willing to do the unnoticed stuff, to clean and to serve. Nothing is beneath us. And the very last one of a sacrificial worship team is that we live out a witness off stage. And I've often said that leading worship is one of the ministry roles in the church. It's not the main thing. It's just like the ushers, the hospitality teams, the the people who prepare food, the people who serve in kids ministry. We are involved in worship using our gifts, just like any number of other people in our church. But what's amazing to me is that some of the biggest impact, even though we think about it being from the stage, is actually when a ministry leader has a witness that is really clear and compelling and inviting offstage. The emphasis is as real as ever that our lives offstage, our witness offstage, has to be matching up. And the words we use, the relationships we have, the homes we lead, and here's a huge one, the social media fronts that we project and present all have impact on the lives of lots and lots of people. As a sacrificial worship team member, you must be open and ready and humble enough to seek God in all things and live with this witness in mind. And though I'm really far from perfect, and I realize that, there are a few things I try to keep in my mind as I live my life solely because I am a worship leader. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, I have a right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Your witness offstage speaks volumes, and though we are free in Christ to do any number of things, there are some things that I stay away from, especially on social media, and often just in every day aspect of life, that I try to, just to keep away so that I don't have to wonder if my witness is being hampered. And again, that's not to toot my own horn or to say anything is everything is perfect in life. I know there's these places where um, a lot of things that I would never share on a podcast, but I do want to confidently invite us to consider the fact that we are carrying the mantle of faith in a public and visible and weekly way in front of lots of people. And as a result, our witness offstage is going to have more impact and we need to be faithful with that. 
Well, there's a lot of joy in serving the church sacrificially. I don't want this to seem like a list like, oh no, poor us. We've got to do all this stuff and, and here we are stuck with this role. But through all of these things, we're learning and modeling and seeking after Jesus, who is, and never forget it, the greatest sacrifice of all. Jesus has sacrificed everything for us that we might serve him in a way that changes the world. If you're a worship leader today, I want to invite you to keep praying for your team, pray for your own heart, pray for your church, and pray for your work together. And I would love to hear from any of you how you are faring in being a sacrificial worship team. Is it something that is a struggle? Is it something that you need to take a practical step in one of these areas to say to your group, hey, this is how we want to live life and we're going to do our best to go for it. Well, thank you for being a part of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. I'm praying for your ministry, praying for the ways that you are serving and seeking Jesus and praying for the kingdom impact you'll have in your part of the kingdom and the church. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes. Thank you.